0: Well, welcome, everyone, to Leverage Masters. I'm your co-host, Gina Gaudio-Grace, and today I want to welcome my new co-host, Ken Krell. Ken and I have worked together for many years, as you heard last week, and currently we're working together on bagel. Ken, want to comment again about reminding everyone what bagel is all about and where they can find it?
2: Uh, good morning from Gina. Good morning from Gina. Good morning from Adelaide, Australia, where it is currently 3.30 in the morning. Um, Daigle is, uh, is all about how to create automated sales processes, uh, using primarily the power of WordPress to make your life a lot easier, make a lot more money, have a lot more fun, and change the world in the process. Uh, so that's what Daigle is all about. But today, Gina, we have a very special
0: guest, don't we? We sure do. He's used to being a co-host of the show, but is now moving on to a new
2: world of stuff, so we thought we'd have him as a guest instead. Why don't you tell everyone who I, that I thought, is? I thought it would be a great time to interrogate him, actually, you know, at the end of the day. There you go. Uh, <laughs> and and, and, actually, and actually, after all the years that the two of you have been doing things together, I think it is absolutely perfect for you to, for you to actually be the one roasting him because i you know i i remember jack from from the days back in san quentin when um you know he was the model prisoner but um but in actuality jack has helped people and i by the way i'm not working from a bio here guys so i'm just telling you what i know of jack um one of the most creative marketing guys i I've, I've known for a long long time uh, he helps small businesses become big businesses and, uh, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. If you want to go any deeper on that, Gina, um, we can do that in a bio, or we can just jump in and let Jack tell us a little bit about himself to, uh, to get people inspired. This is the guy that, listen, you, you, really, want to, you really want to listen to and get to know. Uh, and uh, I'm excited to hear about what Jack's plans are, because he hasn't told me anything about what he's doing. So I am really up in the air on this one.
0: Well, you know, what really brought Jack and I together eons ago, is that Jack is a marketing consultant, an author, a coach. Lately, he's also a podcaster, and he's been a software developer. He's the CEO of Brick Road Media, a marketing agency and training center for small and local businesses. He and his team provide marketing software tools and training to businesses looking to increase their digital footprint to attract more customers. Jack is a 20-year veteran of online marketing, He's watched the Internet revolution play out from the very beginning, and most of what he taught since in 2002 about search engine optimization is still used today by millions of business owners. Jack's current goal is to help at least 100 business owners increase their overall bottom line by at least 25% this year with powerful leveraged marketing campaigns. Welcome, Jack. Hi, this is
1: weird. Right? <laughs> this is kinda of, kind of different. Yeah, well, so and to, the love, other love, love, thing love that wasn't
0: yet. in his the other thing that's not in his bio is the work that he does at Rewilding. You wanna to touch on that for a minute, Jack?
1: At where? Yeah, actually that's um that started a little bit before rewilding dot org. Uh was when I was the executive director of Sky Island Alliance, when I lived in Albuquerque, New Mexico in uh, the 90s. And um, one of the reasons I got into business was to uh, make a bunch of money so that I could keep uh, going out in the wilderness and doing tracking and teaching people how to do wildlife tracking, wilderness surveys. We were instrumental in um, the reintroduction of the Mexican wolf in the Gila Wilderness um, in the south, south part of New Mexico. Uh, and before you can reintroduce an endangered species, you have to go out and make absolutely sure not one instance of that species exists. It has to be completely wiped out of the area or the reintroduction program cannot start. So we went and we did howling surveys where we go out with a little dish that would listen uh, at great distances pointed in four different directions, and howled in four different directions. If we got a response, then everything kind of would change about the whole reintroduction program. Um, It's weird to say this, but luckily we didn't get a response. There were legitimately no other wolves out there, no wild ones, and the reintroduction program could proceed. But we had to cover thousands of square miles huge teams of people over a few years to go out in the most remote places uh in the lower 48 in fact the uh, Gila wilderness is um the furthest place from a road that you can get in the lower 48 anything comparable to that would be in alaska it was really really remote wild country right on the border um did a lot of work with uh mexican conservationists and things and That all evolved once I came back home to Indiana to rewilding. Dave Foreman, uh, who founded Earth First and was a board member on the Sierra Club and all of that, uh, uh, he started the Rewilding Institute, and I've been um, their supporter with uh, server and website and marketing and all kinds of stuff since then. So uh, that's really what brought me into marketing with was really weird. And the story that everybody seems to like so much is, is the tracking thing. I didn't know how to do. Well, nobody really knew how to do internet marketing. When I started, we were all figuring it out. But uh, I didn't understand business or marketing or anything. I didn't have any of the basic classes. The only thing I had was my tracking and I started figuring out how people were successful online by backtracking what they were doing. And, uh, I found out that links seem to be really, really, really important. And it was the first kind of crack of the Google algorithm um, since there's been trillions. But it was the first time we figured out what Google was doing that was different from the directory uh, called Yahoo, which is really just a directory, not really a search engine. Google actually was using an algorithm to determine where sites belonged in their search results. And we kind of knew that, but we were like, first, what's an algorithm? And second, how are they using it? What are are the parameters they're basing all this on? It was links. And back then, it was so primitive that if Gina had 1,000 links and I had 999 links, she would be number one and I'd be number two. It was literally based on the exact number of links that Google could determine were pointing to your website. Of course, once we figured that out and I published Power Linking in 2002, um, everybody – started to figure out, oh, well, let's just go get a whole bunch of links, and that's when the spam wars started. I'm sorry to say that I had a hand in that. (laughs) But once people figured that out, it it spread like wildfire, and everybody started coming up with free-for-all link farms and things like that. So Google had to get a little bit more sophisticated with their algorithm, and it all started there. After that, it was just um, uh, training training things uh, like blog success, content desk, a couple of very successful membership sites, a few more books, um, consulting all the way along, and eventually that trail leads to here today. Working with Gina at Directions University, doing a lot of education, this podcast, and others. Um, one of my big podcast claims the fame is interviewing Gary Vaynerchuk right after he was on CNN and just before he went to the BBC to promote his very first book in his new then-new 10-book deal, which was unheard of for marketers, a $10 million 10-book deal. And I got to be on the morning that he was doing that launch, and he came to my teeny tiny podcast called Website Chat right after CNN and just before BBC. And that's the kind of hustle that guy really, truly has when people say, I wonder if he's for real. I knew from the very beginning, I got an example of that dude is really for real. (laughs) He would go and talk to anybody and everybody, and it didn't matter how big or small you were, uh, which really boosted my show (laughs) quite a bit. They're like, what the heck? You got an interview with this guy? So, yeah. Uh, And it's really weird to be on this side of a podcast because I'm usually on the other side. But here we are. (laughs)
2: Well, you know, you've been around. you obviously you've been around for, for a while, Jack. So, and you've seen the you know the, the rise of the Baynerchucks and so on and so forth, and, and you've risen as well, which is always a good thing. So, what do you figure is the is the big to both your resiliency over time as well as everyone else's? Are those people that you work with their resiliency?
1: I lost you on that last part, Ken. So I can you repeat that?
2: Yeah, unfortunately my internet's not the best right here, even though I'm standing in the best part of this hotel uh, as we speak. Um, I'm asking about resiliency. You know, you've been around for a long time. Oh, uh, as as have as have we all. But you've also in, in interviewing all these people, as well as your own experience, you know, such as the banner trucks and so on. What do you think is the key to maintaining that resiliency to be able to stay in the game for as long as you have? I don't
1: know. Um, I think we just – it's just life. We just don't stop um, evolving and learning. And, um, you know, as long as you're interested in what you're doing, um, I don't think that anything could save you from uh, being disinterested in something. I don't think resiliency lives with um, anyone who is not interested in what they're doing. But during that time, you have to also in order to maintain the interest, at least for me, you have to do and try new things um and you know, I get bored pretty easily um unless something's really good, so that's a testament to how long Gina and I had done this podcast together, and other few things that really have lasted stood the test of time for me, it's only out of the fact that they were. Wildly interesting to me and maintain that interest over time, otherwise, I would move to different things, but always stay within the realm of of marketing and you know helping people out with their uh, digital footprint and widening that sucker so they could show up everywhere anybody surfed and tried to find them. I think you just have to keep it interesting, and um, you know you shouldn't have to try too hard to keep it interesting; it should keep itself interesting. But in order to do that, I think you got to move around within your niche a little bit here and there and make adjustments along the way. Um, the other thing about resiliency is you can wake up one day and look back and go, has it really been 20 years? It, time should fly when you're having fun. It's not just a saying or a cliche. It really should fly if you're having fun. And uh, based on the fact that I can't believe it's 20 years later, I guess I've been having fun.
2: And you're really not sure, are you? Because it's just—it's just—it's just how
1: it is. Is that it? Yeah. I mean, it's um. Yeah. I mean, there's ups and downs. There's really hard parts about it, but it's uh. Just, but do you wake up in the, in the morning, Jack?
2: But do you wake up in the morning, Jack, and you go? Do you go? Wow, today's great. I'm having fun. Or do you? Is it just part of normal normalcy to you? You know what I mean? I mean, do you walk through the day going? you know, tickling yourself well that's kinda of bad. But do you go through the day and recognize, gee, this is an amazing life or is it
1: just part of normalcy
2: for you? Do you know what I mean?
1: Uh, I think it's different. I think when it's a new project, if it's something that I'm newly interested in and, and excited about, it would be the former and if it's if I'm in the middle of a long term project, it's more of the latter. It's you know uh, more mild when I wake up it's what problems do I need to solve today? What exciting little things can I get into within my normal daily regular life? that other days are really super exciting because something big's happening, a new book's coming out or a you know new stuff is always fun for me and so I think I've been classified a lot as a starter. I'm not a finisher. Uh, anybody who's worked with me can tell you that I'm a starter. I love new ideas I love how that's why I'm in the business I'm in, because I can't have a whole bunch of new, new ideas. I have to maintain the ideas that I have, uh, because there's just no space to come up with a new business opportunity every single day. That would be very, very wrong. So I put myself in a position of helping everybody else come up with ideas and give them all of mine whenever I can, so that I can at least see them come to fruition, and I can stay in that space where that's the only place it's really okay To always be coming up with new ideas is when you're helping other people and you're letting them implement those ideas, whether it might be a small marketing tactic or a whole business model or something in between. Now, so question then, for somebody who's who's not
2: as experienced in the world, someone getting started now in the marketing space, in the business success space, uh, what would you? I mean, how would you tell that person? To fill that kind of a role, especially if they don't feel they have the the chops to be able to be uh, incredibly creative, they, they don't think they have an idea. But yet, yeah, you know, I think most people will bounce ideas off of each other just from the, from the standpoint of of natural knowing. Who you advise that kind of person
1: that says that they're just not ready yet? Um. Well, luckily, there's there's unless you're in an extremely pioneering field, which we're not talking about, there are thousands and thousands of people who are already at some level of development above you in this space. So going to conferences, traveling around, um, it's not the time in your business to be holed up in your office and being that lone wolf entrepreneur. That is the worst place for you to be if you're in the situation Ken just described because you need to be out there not just to glom onto ideas and things, which are awesome. You'll, you'll, You'll get all of that from other people and what they're doing, but the energy, the entrepreneurial spirit that those people have, juxtaposed with they're in the industry and they're doing the stuff that you want to do, that you're just starting out to do, is the perfect combination, and uh, it's where you need to be. So placing yourself in the best places, whether it's a conference or a cruise or a, uh, just a local meetup of, of marketers, if you're in a big enough place. Um, that's going to have some pretty experienced people in the audience and especially on stage teaching, you just need to be around those people. And I've always said that when you're around those people, the very best place to be around those people is at lunch and at the bar and anywhere that's outside of the training area. Go in and do the training. Don't just hang out at the bar the whole time, but that's where people kind of let their hair down and and talk because they, no matter how experienced they are, are also starved for that contact that we as entrepreneurs, online entrepreneurs, uh, are always starving for. Um, They have an office that they're holed up in, and that's why they go to conferences too, even if they're speakers. Um, If they're on the speaking circuit, they get to be around people a lot more. You'll notice that those types of speakers, like a Joel Kong, is much more relaxed and actually is a little bit more adjusted to crowds and he'll actually try to avoid them at some point uh some points because that's his whole life and he needs his privacy he's not starving like the rest of us typically are but if you're not a speaker on the circuit you need that interaction and as a newbie coming up you need the ideas and you need to feed off of that energy and the excitement you need to see proof in real life in 3d of people succeeding at what you want to succeed at. You really, really, really need that. And the quickest way to fail is to isolate yourself from that, which a lot of people do. They're like, all right, I just got out of corporate America. I can stay in my office and I can stay in my home or my shared office space. And, and, uh, oh, this is so good and delicious. And it is, it's really awesome, but you cannot stay in that space at all times. And it's especially important to people when they're just starting out, you need examples, you need energy, uh, you need ideas and you need to mix it up with people who are out there doing what you want to do.
2: You know, that's a really good point, Jack. And that kind of leads me to, to to talk about new things for you particularly. So you've done so much over the past and the past is great. What that does is that leaves you a foundation to build a future. So now you've gone into this whole new direction uh, with, with Brook Road Media. And by the way, I've, I've always loved the name of that company. It, it, it has, chops. It's almost like, it sounds like a, like a great bar to me. And I think that it, that gives me a feeling of, of, of um, like being a cheers, you know, Brickford media. Wow. So what is the new direction and why?
1: Well, so I'm always interested in solving problems and the only things that I've done that were very successful were when I was solving a big problem for people and um, in the old days, it was different things. It was like trying to get marketers to understand that blogging was a thing. Like, there was a day when that was frowned upon and only thought of as 13 year old girls sharing which boy they liked at school, you know, a diary. And that's the way marketers looked at it until I and a few other people, and only a few other people, started to say, Hey, you guys, blogs get a lot of traffic and you need a traffic, so you might want to take a look at And that's when. That all started. It was a big problem to solve. The big problem to solve today is not a lack of resources, um, as it was back then. Uh, WordPress was on its, like, second version, and um, Facebook hadn't taken off yet. The social media wasn't a distraction. It wasn't an opportunity either. Um, and we had very few things to work with, so we got deep into those few things. Nowadays, there are more things than ever. So if a local business person comes online and just types into Google how to get more traffic to my um, to my funeral home, they're going to be met with just hundreds of thousands of results in Google search. And that can be social media stuff. You should have an account here. Here's how you should work your account here. You should have a Pinterest account. I don't know why you would if you were a funeral home, but you know, there's a million different things that people can do, and it's a deer in the headlights situation now. It's an embarrassment of riches. And so I see a lot of businesses out there totally stunned, just basically figuratively staring at their computers going, I have no idea. It looks like I have a rich plethora, cornucopia of things. And in one sense, that makes me feel good because I have a lot of opportunities to get in front of people, but I have no idea what to choose. I have no idea how to make a plan. I don't know which one of these is the most important thing to do, or it could be BS because people are also now very aware that not everything on the Internet is true. (laughs) Also, some things on the Internet stay in search results when they don't belong there anymore in terms of the relevancy of the content, specifically like search for search engine optimization. That changes every five seconds. There's something new with search. And if you write an article on it, um, I've seen articles that pop up from three or four years ago on search, and they're still in the top 10 and people are following that stuff. And I read it and I know that that's not actually true anymore. That's not how Google ranks you anymore, or that's not a good ranking factor. And people have been burned by that enough to know that you can't just trust the stuff that you see. So there's a lot of people out there now who need help with honing down and having a foundation and that's what we're doing with the new version of brick road academy is we're telling them here's the solid foundation that every successful business now is sat upon and from there and only from there, can you go on to bigger and better things. And what we found is every single person that came to brick road for done for you services over all these years, since 2011, every single one needed something Done. There was a big glaring omission in some part of their, or a lot of parts of their marketing and then on their website. And there was never anybody that came to us and that we ever said, hey, man, you're doing good. You don't need us. We've never, ever, ever had to say that. In fact, Brick Road itself doesn't get a perfect score on its snapshot report, um, which is a report, some AI that we use to go over everybody's entire digital footprint from social media to their website, their SEO, their listings and everything and give them a score. Brick Road doesn't even get all A's on that. Nobody does. There's always more to do. But what was disturbing is we were finding a lot of people getting D's and F's in almost every category. And these are people who have been around for a long, long time just based on the time that they've been on the internet based on old uh, data. They should be scoring better than that, but they weren't. And what I'm finding when I interview these people is the common thread is that they're just confused. They're tired. They don't have enough time or they perceive that they don't have enough time and they are not one of them following any kind of plan or they had a plan and they ditched it two years ago and never picked it back up. They didn't stick to it. They lack focus. And it's mainly because there's so many signals hitting them now that they just go limp and they, they tend to go back to offline methods, the stuff they're used to or anything online that they feel comfortable with that they're used to. They're still doing that. So that's where we come in. It's just to get people focused back in on what is actually important. Let them know these are the things really truly that are actually important despite what everybody else is saying out there or anything else that you've heard. Here's the foundation. It's reputation. It's listings. It's social media, engagement, uh, email, um, you know, those kinds of things, the foundational uh, stuff, advertising, stuff like that. And then we build a plan off of that. And then we give them the accountability to stick to it. And that's the big problem right now is either you're a software as a service company and you're like, come over here and use Hootsuite. And your total social media campaign will completely be magically transformed because you have our software, which is BS for any software. If anybody ever tells you that, be without strategy. Tools are just tools. And without a plan – Strategy and tools don't even matter. The plan ties it all together. The strategy is, here's where we're going. Here are our goals. Here's what we are going to do. Here's how we're going to leverage it all together to make this really powerful soup of attraction power for us to get more customers and increase our business by 10 20 30% this year. And so that's that's the big hole in the market now. That's the blog success kind of thing, getting marketers to use blogs. Now it's getting local businesses for us to calm down, and get a plan, stick to it, and see how exactly simple this actually all really is when you get all that clutter, all that noise, and everything out of the way. Really, It really helps people a lot. It's uh, the ability to ignore 99% of what's going on out there in the noisy, here's how to do marketing world, and focus on that 1% that's left. That's truly what all the successful businesses are doing right now, which is really impossible to tell from the outside for the layperson How are they kicking my butt? How are they top of Google three pack? How are these guys doing so well, and I'm not? You can't look at their site. I mean, it seems like they're doing really good content on social media. I need to do better content. I'll do that, Um, but I don't really know how. And then they just go limp, and it's just like, uh, whatever. I just don't. I bet it costs. I bet they have somebody that pays two thousand to. $5,000 5000 or $10,000 a month to do this. That's what it is. And if it's a budget issue, that's not in my budget. So whatever they're doing, I won't be able to catch them. And then they, again, just go kind of limp and go back to the things they know to do. Whatever business is coming in now, hopefully will stay coming in. And they'll figure all this out later, but it's become too much of a – so a lot of people are tired, hungry masses when they come to Brick Road. <laughs> and we have to cheer them up and give them that energy and show them, look, there's a better way – I know this is confusing and hard, and it's can be expensive and we'll show you a better way that fits in your budget that that actually will work for you finally so jack who's what's the target size company or type of company that you're that you're looking for
2: that that's best served by you
1: um we're looking for like i can give you an example that i was just working on and i think i kind of uh made a tell earlier but i was looking at funeral homes <laughs> and uh I, I look for people who have an extremely high lifetime which is ironic and funny and punny lifetime customer value. Uh and and funeral homes do, and it's not because um the customer who just came in and died. They're not really the customer. The customer is the family. And in towns like ours, smaller towns, families pick the same funeral home all the time just out of habit we've always taken our dead and died (laughs) or dead to this funeral home and we i watch it with my family and i've seen that in a lot of other cases so the lifetime value of having a relationship with a family a dynasty uh is a really really huge earner over time uh, and in the short term for any funeral home so um i look for companies that typically are in that kind of range, you know, they're, they're going to do a million dollars in business, um, maybe $500,000 in business. Uh, And, and people below that, anybody who's having a hard time figuring out how they're going to do $2,000, $5,000 a month, because that's what the last agency pitched them to do it all for them. And who would rather be a little bit more involved in their company, in the in the messaging, in the content, and things like that, um, to maybe mitigate some of those costs. So our our services uh, are for people like that. Sometimes their websites are three thousand, five thousand um, bucks. That's a one-time deal, and there's a management, and then there's a monthly for training and and, and uh, marketing tools and things that really don't range at the two thousand. $3,000 a month, it's basically 500 a month. So, we have a pretty niche business in that because there's a really big gap there. Um, there's a lot of people who are in agencies that are just doing the done-for-you stuff. It's highly competitive and it's expensive to have people do it. You're basically hiring um, a marketing team as if you were hiring a whole person, a new hire at your business. And a lot of people can't afford that. Not yet. And So we like to build businesses up to the point where they can afford our own done-for-you services um, and give them a way to kind of do some successful marketing on the way that doesn't break the bank or make them so stressed out uh, that they, you know, kind of blow it. (laughs) So, yeah, it's those kinds of businesses, local businesses that are doing okay. It's not the very brand-newest businesses. They might not be the best for us. Um, They might not be ready for us yet, but uh, it's also not the the biggest guys in town, although we do take them, and they also need training. We train their staffs um, how to do marketing, and they're a lot easier to work with because they don't care what our budget is um, for that. They they can cover it, but uh, that's a highly competitive business, too, who's going to train all your staff. So that's my big, long answer to that short question.
2: Well, you, you actually answered 18 different questions in the same answer, so thanks a lot. Anticipated an I anticipated
1: an awful sure. lot of questions.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, well, thanks, Jack. Nice seeing you. Uh, we're done. So – but here's the thing that, that has me uh, concerned, and, and the concern is, okay, I see what you're doing, and it seems very time-intensive. How in the heck are you going to scale this and grow it without losing your brain's?
1: Well, you have to replace yourself, and you can't You can't do that too early because you have to develop um, the systems and the processes that you're going to then train people who are going to replace you. so you have to very carefully spend time and it will be it is always um, a challenge and you start thinking about replacing yourself a lot. Earlier than you should, just because it gets hairy. It's like, oh man, your success is (laughs) a double-edged sword because you are bringing a bunch of people in, and there's all this activity and action, and everything. You actually asked for that, but then you're it's three in the morning, and you're like, man, I'm still not through talking to all these people who come in, or scheduling them, or doing fulfillment, or doing content, or whatever. But then you have to remind yourself that at that stage in your business, you have to be tough and you have to make sure that you're sticking to the plan and the plan should have on it. in great big giant red letters, get all the systems and all the processes down written down on video. All of that is in pre- the work that you're doing right now in your business is in preparation to replace yourself so that you can go to where you always belong. Cause it's funny. You're the CEO of your company but you're down in the trenches doing everything. And the thing is, very few companies can start. I mean, every CEO starts in the trenches before they're on the cover of fortune magazine. Uh, Way before that, when they started their company, they did everything. They were in the flower business. They ripped up the plants They put them in new pots. They got their hands literally dirty so that they could figure out what would become this great big giant flower company conglomerate and how to train other people to do that. So, Uh, In the beginning, it's just hard. There's no, it's hard work. Your success is is what does that though. So that works all backed up with money coming in the door, customers, uh, at least for right now, very excited to be here, excited about this new opportunity that you got them all excited about. Uh, But then you've got to serve, and you've got to get those processes down. Hopefully, with as little pain and suffering as possible, you get to the point where it's like, all right, revenue is at this point we can bring on this many people for the team. Here's how they're going to learn what we've done because we've documented everything. We've really shaken this whole process out. um, And now we're ready to go. That's the idealistic way to do it, but it, it can get messy. And you have to have the fortitude to just push through that. um, And remember why you're doing all of this when it gets really tough, because sometimes you forget that there's tens of thousands of dollars in the bank that wasn't there yesterday from all these new customers, and you're just like, oh, this is a job. I don't want a job. You have to forget that. You have to remember where you are in, the, in every part of the process. Or for me, I would get very bummed out and I would start to slow down and peter out when I need to be at the top of my game.
2: Cool. So, how many clients do you have now? What's your goal for the rest of the year? Say it again. I said, how many, how many, let me try and hold my microphone closer. How many clients do you have now, and what's your goal for the rest of the year? Now that you're no longer doing this show, I want to see some big results from you, mister.
1: Uh, right now, we are still a boutique uh, marketing agency. I hate that word because it sounds like a top-out. So, but we have about 50 clients now, but they're all in okay. the old program. They're all done-for-you clients that we're doing either we did a huge programming job, and it's a giant Midwest insurance company uh, on that end um, that we do continual programming and marketing and everything else for, down to a plumber. We have plumbers and electricians, and um, I really shouldn't say down because those guys are awesome, and some of them have multi, multi, multi-million dollar businesses, um, but it's a the, it's the range of local businesses, and all of our clients right now are a on, on some form of a done-for-you service. The new academy that I'm talking about harks back to my old training and, and consulting and coaching days of co- content desk and um, blog, blog success. Uh, and it's a membership base. It's also got tools. It's got software tools that are going to um, kind of create that triangle of success, which is tools, training on the tools and the strategy To leverage all that stuff together so that's why we're calling the brand new thing the academy and that's in my bio that why I wanted to focus on that hundred businesses it's a really good goal for us for our size to focus on a hundred businesses a hundred isn't a lot but a hundred doing 20 to 25 percent or more more revenue solely from what they learned this year and solely from online efforts that's actually a rather big goal If you can picture that, some of these places doing 20% more, that's another million dollars in there. And, you know, that's a very, very big deal for them, and that's a big shift that they didn't experience last year or maybe the combination of the last four years. And I'm asking them to uh, picture doing that in one. So that's my goal this year, and I like big goals. I mean, if I get 75, (laughs) am I going to be mad? Nah. I mean, that's, you know, I'll get the other 25 and another 100 next year. (laughs) What, and you know, Jeff, one of the like things you and
0: I have been talking about is how can what you're doing with the Academy help other local marketing agencies?
1: Oh, um, well, a lot of other we've been an agency in the traditional sense since twenty eleven. And obviously we're we're shifting out of that for a reason. Um for me personally I'm tired of the typical agency model but there are thousands of other agencies out there big and small mostly medium to small and who have decided that in order to survive and still be in business they needed to niche in some way they're either web development design they're either that or marketing services seo you'll see when you go to an agency they specialize typically until they get past a certain point where they're really big and they try to be all things to all people. We'll take care of everything. The the agencies that we're looking at are the people who have decided necessarily and, and for good reasons to niche because it's easier to market and tell people what you do, and it's also easier to stay on the back end um, effective at what you do if you're not spread too thin. Uh, those guys are missing things. So none of them, not one of them has an education program. Not one of them has a consulting program. The other thing I like to do is, make sure that I'm the only one doing it, if at all possible. So that's a really hard row um, to hoe <laughs> because it's, it's not common. Um, it's very hard to find yourself in those positions, and you're lucky to do it once in your life. This would be the third time I was able to do it. And what's not happening out there is people are either software or they're an agency with a specialty or they're completely coaching. And all three of those is missing a crucial aspect of what makes up the total success for a, a business. Um, for agencies, that I, the kind that I'm talking about, they have a revenue source in the academy that uh, doesn't exist for them right now. And it's an easy one because they are not on the hook for anything. All they have to do is say, hey, we did your website. It's really cool and everything. You might want to go and check this out too. And then they would have a webinar that we did with them um, that shows what the next step for all businesses is. And then they, as an affiliate, would just – uh, get the residuals um, from from that uh, uh, referral, and it's a brand new revenue stream. And then they can also brag on the front page that we are um, able to do all of these things for you that they were they had to get rid of when they niched themselves down to just web designer SEO. They can now put a lot of that stuff back and puff themselves up and look a lot bigger than they are by just adding our program to it. On the back end of their thing, they have education, um, tools, software tools, strategy, all of that mixed in, uh, which is going to help a lot of agencies. So, yes, yeah, so on that tier, all those agencies have a whole bunch of local businesses that we'd love to get a hold of. And to, if anybody's been listening to this show for any amount of time, you've probably heard about integration marketing. <laughs> we love to talk about it. It's a, it's a really nice form of marketing that – enables you to uh, skip having to always be out on Facebook and AdWords. and, and If you can bring in warm traffic, a warm referral, is so much easier and so much less expensive to generate uh, if you can integrate with other companies. And in our case, it would be other mid to small agencies who want to add uh, all this education and training and everything to their offering without actually having to do any extra work. It's just a referral for the customers that they already have. And then for us, it's the elimination of a giant Facebook ad budget and and all the hassle of running all of that stuff. Uh, we really much rather go directly to where people need help and serve them.
0: And what I can easily envision with the other local marketers is when they want to sell a a prospect on a website – they could throw in as a bonus a trial of the academy so that it helps them close more business. And since I'm going to be doing a bunch of the training calls with you on strategy for these local businesses, I can imagine you and I saying things like, you know, when you get to the point where you want somebody to do your social media for you or you need help doing this or that, get back in touch with the agency that introduced you to the academy. So now it becomes not only a new revenue stream in terms of the academy paying an affiliate commission, but it's helping them to sell other done-for-you services. It's helping them to increase the stick rate on the services that they already sell with continuity in them because their people are doing that much more in applying stuff and getting better results, and it's helping them close more business on the front end. So there's so many benefits to doing integration marketing with Brick Road and its
1: academy. Right. So you can picture it. We built this machine before and many times, and what this machine is is, we're bringing the agencies in. The agency you're talking to will feel like they're the only agency until the time that you just spoke about that you open their eyes to the fact that we're going out to a bunch of We serve a lot of agencies. And we would like to have you as our preferred social media marketing company. Um, and we want to recommend you. So if you sign up with us, all of the, you're bringing your people here. You already have them. They're already yours. There's no net gain from us feeding your own people back to you. But we have a lot of agencies here, and they have a lot of people who eventually, uh, web design agencies or whatever, they don't have any done-for-you social media. So we would like you to be our preferred, and we'd like to make that offer to you to become uh, uh, an agency partner of ours. And if you guys think about that in terms of your own business, and it's also something we've talked about an awful lot at Directions University and on this show, I'm starting to act like the podcaster again, sorry. Uh, but we, we, we leverage like crazy. It's called Leverage Masters. And we, we want to make sure that we're getting the most bang from every single action that we take. So we always like to introduce the people we're talking to to the other people that we have been talking to. And when they start to see the crowd that's developing around this, and they're like, man, I could never get to that person. If I emailed them today and wanted to be a partner with them on anything, they would never answer it. But by joining this and being a part of this, Jack and Gina can make an introduction, and they will listen. And then all of a sudden, well, if Jack and Gina are saying it, because we've already developed a relationship with them that they don't have, they'll turn and look at this new agency and say, oh, yeah, we could work together. Let's talk about that. Let's schedule a time. And so it's really weird. There's a, it's like a round ball of leverage. It's, it's not a flat line. It's not linear, not just customers and services and things like that. It's just a huge ball of connections, um, sort of like that rubber band ball that everybody builds at their desk. And Gina is a master at that. And that's where I really learned to completely perfect this, this idea of, all right, don't ever just look at one little string in a sweater. It's attached to an entire sweater. What can we do to make that whole thing work together? All these people and all these pieces benefit so that anybody at any level, it's a customer, a local business, or it's an agency that's a referral partner, or anybody in between gets a lot of leverage and a lot of business, um, a lot of opportunities that come out of this relationship. If we can create a ball of leverage like that, mine and Gina's job, Jeremy, my partner, everybody else's job gets a lot easier. And we can really all then focus a lot more on what our core competencies are instead of, oh, i got to go do this thing I'm uncomfortable with because we don't have enough customers. Um, we need to bring more in. I've got to do a marketing campaign. I don't like doing that. And that's exactly words from my mouth from, like, yesterday. So, you know, I, I just like it when everybody can do what they are here to do, like what they're the best at. If you can make your company work like that, it's going to succeed an awful lot faster.
0: And Ken, I thought I heard you try and ask something a while back. That was a while back. Um,
2: I don't remember Never what was it now. was. Yeah, well, no, I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, so a big primary client for you seems like it's, uh, it's an agency as opposed to just a client. I mean, you're serving clients that are your own clients by giving them training and education and support, but if... If I was a new uh, person that wanted to serve a local community but didn't really have the resources and, and really didn't have the chops, I could lay it lay off the the education and the expertise on you as almost as almost having you you be my back office. Is that is that a good interpretation?
1: Yeah, or uh, a back end product. A lot of agencies will do whatever they do. They'll build your site or they'll SEO it. And they have absolutely no plan or any other products or services to graduate to after that, that service has been con, uh, completed. So it's, it's the ability to give them a really nice back end that's continuity. So it's a regular uh, touch point with their clients um, rather than wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. The worst business in the world is when you have to sell the same product over and over and you start running out of money the minute that you complete a project. And, you know, you got to have some kind of continuity. Continuity is actually the biggest missing component in most agencies of any other component. And so the ability to offer that, yeah, it, it makes you look like one of those little puffer fish that took in a great big breath of air. <laughs> You're still just the same weight. You're still technically the same size of fish, but you've vastly increased your uh, perceived value in the marketplace, in your little tiny marketplace. Um by a huge factor. And so it's really appealing to agencies to ever have somebody come to them and say, you want to, you know, you lay this whole thing out in front of them and they're like, Oh, sheesh, this is like literally no downside to this at all. Yeah. I want to do this. And that's the other kind of other component of the kind of business that I like to be in is where it's just all win, win, win. Every single component, every person in there uh, has at least one win through it. And smart ones and the ones in the right position have a few wins. You know, I like this, Jack, and I, and I like it for really for two
2: reasons, or maybe even more than two reasons. So, so first, you you given yourself a component of your business that is not uh, manpower sensitive. I mean, you, you're you're going to create uh, a program that serves that serves the masses, so it is replicable because it's not just do, doing one person's social media campaign. Um, the other, the other uh, component of it is, so now, now you're able to scale because you're providing that education service. You know, next you you you've got continuity with it because, of course, you're just preparing one thing one to many, which is all about leverage. You're now going after agencies which have multiple clients, so you're fishing with a net rather than with a rod and reel. That's pretty cool. Um, and then there was one third part to this. Uh, which I guess is just the continuity income, but you, you also do get your name out there for the long term, although you've got to be really careful to not have anybody feel that you're taking their clients away. So you're enforcing that client piece. And you're also bringing in a potential new client where if I'm getting started in digital marketing, for example, and I don't have the, the education, I don't have the training, I don't have the wherewithal, effectively you're like my education drop shipping guy. You know, I mean, I don't have the product, but you do. I give you the the name of the prospect, and you fulfill it for me. And I'm this touch point because I brought you as the asset in there. Uh, I think that's a pretty smart way of going. Yeah,
1: is that all how you, is the while an agencies involved in it and in it. So, like, I would my ideal situation for an agency would be then have being on the inside too in the community. Uh, being visible to all the people that they've referred, so that it's a a much more complete, you didn't just dump me off in some affiliate program kind of situation, where it's more we're a tribe or a community, we're all in this together, and look, the guy in the agency that brought you in is getting something out of this as well, because they will, because a lot of times agencies are only agencies because they were good at web design or something like that, And then they were like, well, if I'm going to sell web design, I'm going to have to become an agency. That wasn't their choice. They wanted to just do web design. Then they found out in order to sell that stuff, they had to become an agency and think like an agency. And their core competency is never to be a really badass uh, marketing agency of of themselves. And so they will be in there taking the training too for the parts that pertain to them that they're a little bit weak in and uh, for their people to see them in there. Um, it's really going to be a, a big deal. And the reason that I know that is because it's the exact formula that I use for blog success. is I would, bring, I would want my JD partners, which we called them back then, to be in blog success. And often they were, and it was an accident. I didn't ask them to do it, but they found the content so compelling and informative and stuff that they had not used yet either, because remember, nobody was using blogs for marketing until everybody was that they were in there kind of as students as well. So they'd bring their people in, and that's where it usually ends. But in this case, uh, it worked out that they were clients and customers too, although they were in VIPs as part of their joint venture deal. Um, and they were in there mixing it up with people and asking questions as well. And that's when I was like, ooh, if I could ever build this again, that is a really, really great way to keep everything moving without having it be completely dependent on your own energy, which it can't, it'll burn you out. A little bit of a success will burn you out because there's so many people and so many interactions that need to take place. If you have to juggle all those balls by yourself, you're in big trouble. You know, it it won't last. So to Jack, with, with, in terms
2: of juggling, how you structuring this so that you're not creating more work for yourself so you can actually have what I call the lifestyle of awesome where where you really are enjoying every moment and not and not being bounced all over the place
1: well you know that story about the the donkey that fell into the well and nobody could figure out how they could get the donkey out of the well until one smart guy started throwing shovels of sand down there and every time the sand got a little deep the donkey stepped up and until They they filled the whole thing up. The donkey had basically stepped himself all the way out. That's how I have done it, and that's how I plan to do it again, is I'm going to keep throwing a little uh, bucket of sand in the well, and I'm just going to keep climbing out. And that means every bucket of sand is an automation, a leverage point, or a person, um, some sort of collateral that replaces what I'm doing now or some part of what I'm doing now until I get to the point where I already see myself. I I look over at the 3,000-foot view of this company, and I always try to do that exercise. If I'm really down in something, I'm really working in the trenches, which we all have to do whenever we're starting a new project, unless you're super well-funded and you have it like, it would take a million dollars to do what I'm going to do with this donkey and bucket of sand thing, and I don't have a million liquid to do that with. So I'm just doing it, and I don't think it's actually even good even if you do have the money. To do that, like that kind of liquid asset can actually be a detriment because you are immediately placing a big giant barrier between you and how your company actually works. And you're putting the decisions on how that company works in the hands of people who don't think like you. You hired them and they're good at what they do. Their resumes are super tight, but they're not going to do it the way you would do it. And if the heart and soul of the business is dependent upon your unique vision, then the worst thing that you could ever do is not throw yourself down in that well willingly and climb out a bucket at a time. And so that's, that's how I've always done it. And I think that if I did have a huge giant pile to, to invest in this, um, I'd still leave it in the bank and do it anyway. Because that's the only way I know for sure you can build a successful company. Every other way for me is theoretical because I have not had that experience.
2: That's interesting. I'm, listen, I'm listening to this, and, and you, know, you, you, you make a, some really great points here. So so in terms of, of how you're, you're pitching this, are you, is, is this already launched? you already have clients for the Academy?
1: We're launching uh, – we're in the middle of the launch right now. So we have some clients that were already going to be clients, and they're waiting for us to just finish it. Close friends, people who knew we were doing this stuff, that group because we was tr- starting in our local area, which is funny. We could do it anywhere, and we're, I'm, I've always been a global Internet marketer, with, and there was no geographic restriction to anything that I ever did. But, but this particular thing, it does actually help to have na- name recognition in the region that we're in. Oh, we know you guys. You pitched us for something before. You did some work with us before. We let those people already know that we were working on something, and some of them are super excited to already be in there. But yeah, right now we're working on our integration. Um, We actually are talking to someone tomorrow who is going to be the first person we talk to about an integration deal, also some uh, uh, services that they may provide to make us look bigger because there's some things that we're not willing to do that we don't want to do that are not in our business model, but we want to have really close partners to help provision those things because they're necessary. Um, So yeah, we're right in the throes of the launch of this. That's why I'm so excited about it. Remember when I said earlier in the conversation, the days that I get up like I did today, today was a good example. I'm starting something new, and that's when it's not everything regular as usual, you know, what problem to solve today. It's, ooh, I get to get up and work on this really cool new thing. I love new things.
2: Yeah, exactly. And isn't that fun? I mean, that that that's for the starters like you and I. That's that is a whole lot of fun. Let me ask you a question: Is there a an association of agencies out
1: there? There's tried to be. There um, is. Kevin Roque's oh, really? well,
0: Lima,
1: Lima Local it's Internet association Marketing Queen.
0: Association. <laughs> Locallima.org. Oh,
1: right, is that still, is that right, that's That's an association.
2: And is that still around? I mean, because I'm thinking for you, Jack, and, it and, is still and I have to translate this. Okay. So, are you, and since you just exclaimed on that, would it not be a good place for you to market this business?
1: It is, and it's actually something that Dina, I forgot, we actually talked about yesterday. I just never associated the word association with Lima, but it is. And yeah, Dina's already got plans on, on uh, heading in that direction. <laughs> Which is exactly what you should do, and, and Gina, you might want to talk about all of the things that you can do with associations in terms of what we talked about already today, which is how to leverage up to above, like fishing, like I love what you said, Ken, earlier, fishing with a net instead of a rod and reel. Um, this is a big net. You actually go through the net of nets, because an association is a yeah. giant net with a bunch of little nets in it, and they're all better than rod and reel.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, to go to the association and get them to bring you all the affiliates you could ever want so that those affiliates are well served, their customers are well served, and the association simply takes a second tier affiliate commission, giving them a nice infusion of cash that they desperately need typically, wow, wow. You can get so much further, so much faster. We've only got about ninety seconds left, Jack. So, where can folks go to learn more about the Brick Road Academy?
1: Um, If you're a local business or small business um, with a physical address, that's really kind of the the big requirement. You've got to have a physical address, some sort of, even if you're a consultant or whatever. Uh, If you have a physical address and you can take advantage of those kinds of things, then just go to brickroadmedia.com and order a snapshot report. Um, And our software will go and check everything out that you do. It'll find all your social profiles. It'll find the lack of things. It'll find big holes. Um, And and that's the first thing. It's like taking an x-ray for cavities. Then you know what to fill. So that's the first step for for those guys. And if anybody's an agency and you want to learn more, uh, just get a hold of me at, at com, and uh, I or Gina or both of us will follow up with you to talk to you about the stuff we talk about in relation to agencies.
0: Well, Jack and Ken, I think this was an awesome first show for
2: Ken and I. Don't you think, Ken? Uh, it, it, I'm stimulated. Now it's 430 in the morning and I can't go to sleep. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jack.
0: Sorry. Well, Jack... Thanks for being a guest on Leverage Masters. Thanks for co-hosting it with me for all the years that we've co-hosted it together. And, Ken, I'm so looking forward to doing more shows with you. We'll be back same time, same place next week. Have a fantastic week,
2: everybody.
1: Take care, everybody.
2: Bye, Gina. Congratulations, Zach.
1: Tune in next week for another episode of Leverage Masters. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook on our Leverage Blackbook page to keep up with the latest. We'll see you next time on Leverage Masters.
0: With the Lucky Land Sluts, you can get lucky
2: just about anywhere.